0: CHAPTER 67 OF THE QUEEN'S NECKLACE By Alexandre Dumas The translator is unknown. This Sliprovox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Gail Timmerman Vaughan CHAPTER 67 WOMAN AND DEMON Jeanne had remarked the trouble of Charny, the solicitude of the queen and the eagerness of both for a conversation. After what we have already told of the meetings between Jeanne and Oliva, our readers will have been at no loss to understand the scenes in the park. Jeanne, when she came into the Queen, watched her closely, hoping to gather something from her. But Marie-Antoinette was beginning to learn caution, and she guarded herself carefully. Jeanne was, therefore, reduced to conjectures. She had already ordered one of her footmen to follow M. de Charny. The man reported that he had gone into a house at the end of the park. There is then no more doubt, oh, Jeanne! It is a lover who has seen everything it is clear. I should be a fool not to understand. I must undo what I have done. On leaving Versailles, she drove to the rue Saint-Claude. There she found a superb present of plate, sent to her by the cardinal. She then drove to his house, and found him radiant with joy and pride. On her entrance he ran to meet her, calling her Dear Countess, and full of protestations and gratitude. Thank you also for your charming present, you are more than a happy man. You are a triumphant victor. Countess, it frightens me. It is too much. Jeanne smiled. You come from Versailles, continued he. Yes. You have seen her. I have just left her. And she said nothing. What do you expect that she said? Oh, I am insatiable. Well, you had better not ask. You frighten me. Is anything wrong? Have I come to the height of my happiness?" and is the descent to begin. You are very fortunate not to have been discovered. Oh, with precautions and the intelligence of two hearts and one mind. That will not prevent eyes seeing through the trees. We have been seen? I fear so, and recognized. Oh, Monseigneur, if this secret had been known to anyone, Jean de Valois would be out of the kingdom and you would be dead. True, but tell me quickly. They have seen people walking in the park. Is there any harm in that? ask the king the king knows i repeat to you if the king knew you would be in the bastille but i advise you not to tempt providence again what do you mean dear countess do you not understand i fear to understand he replied i shall fear if you do not promise to go no more to versailles by day or by night impossible why so monseigneur because i have in my heart a love which will end only with my life.' (laughs) "'So I perceive,' replied she ironically. "'And it is to arrive more quickly at this result that you persist in returning to the park, for most assuredly, if you do, your love and your life will end together. Oh, Countess, how fearful you are, you who were so brave yesterday. I am always brave when there is no danger. But I have the bravery of my race, and am happier in the presence of danger.' but permit me to tell you. No, Countess, the die is cast. Death, if it comes, but first, love. I shall return to Versailles. Alone, then. You abandon me. And not I alone. She will come. You deceive yourself. She will not come. Is that what you were sent to tell me? It is what I have been preparing you for. She will see me no more. Never. And it is I who have counseled it. Madame, do not plunge the knife into my heart cried he, in a doleful voice. It would be much more cruel, Monseigneur, to let two foolish people destroy themselves for want of a little good advice. Countess, I would rather die. As regards yourself, that is easy, but, subject, you dare not dethrone your queen. Man, you will not destroy a woman. But confess that you do not come in her name, that she does not throw me off. I speak in her name. It is only a delay, she asks. Take it as you wish, but obey her orders. The park is not the only place of meeting. There are a hundred safer spots. The queen can come to you, for instance. Monsignor, not a word more. The weight of your secret is too much for me, and I believe her capable, in a fit of remorse, of confessing all to the king. Good God, impossible. If you saw her, you would pity her. What can I do, then? Ensure your safety by your silence." but she will think I have forgotten her and accuse me of being a coward. To save her. Can a woman forgive him who abandons her? Do not judge her like others. I believe her great and strong. I love her for her courage and her noble heart. She may count on me as I do on her. Once more I will see her, lay bare my heart to her, and whatever she then commands I will sacredly obey. Jean rose. Go then, said she, but go alone. I have thrown the key of the park into the river. You can go to Versailles. I shall go to Switzerland or Holland. The further off I am when the shell bursts, the better. Countess, you abandon me. With whom shall I talk of her? Oh, you have the park and the echoes. You can teach them her name. Countess, pity me. I am in despair. Well, well, but do not act in so childish and dangerous a manner. If you love her so much, guard her name and if you are not totally without gratitude, do not involve in your ruin those who have served you through friendship. Swear to me not to attempt to see or speak to her for a fortnight, and I will remain, and may yet be of service to you. But if you decide to brave all, I shall leave at once, and you must extricate yourself as you can. It is dreadful, murmured the cardinal. The fall from so much happiness is overwhelming. I shall die of it. "'Suffering is always the consequence of love. "'Come, Monseigneur, decide. "'Am I to remain here, or start for Lausanne?' "'Remain, Countess. "'You swear to obey me? "'On the faith of a "'Good. "'Well, then, I forbid interviews, but not letters. "'Really, I may write?' "'Yes.' "'And she will answer?' "'Try.' "'The Cardinal kissed John's hand again, "'and called her his guardian angel.' The demon within her must have laughed. End of chapter 67